Hello, welcome to Helen Talks Who. I'm Helen and today I'm going to be talking about The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. This story has got to be one of my absolute favourites. Um, it's laugh out loud funny. It's a nice level of creepy, like I was kind of glad that I'm watching this on a bright and sunny Sunday afternoon and not at 10 o'clock at night. Um, really good historical setting, the nice little nods to the uh, history of it. And most importantly, a really lovely feel-good ending, which, um, yeah, just gave me the absolute warm, fuzzy feelings when, when re-watching it. Um, so a few favourite little moments in, in, in this episode. The has anything fallen from the sky recently joke It's still so funny. The Blitz setting as a whole is mostly there for the kind of aesthetics of it, you know, with the gas mask zombies and, and um, all of the nice little things like the, um, the kids going and getting a meal during the, during the air raid. But even if that, that joke was the only payoff of the setting, setting it in the Blitz would still be worth it. Um, you also have the lovely conversations that both Rose and the Doctor have with Nancy about the war in general. And those are possibly my favourite moments of the story. That mouth in front of a lion speech is just beautiful. So let's talk about... The, let's dive a little bit deeper into the story. Uh, let's talk about kind of the themes. Um, and the thing that really stood out to me on this rewatch was how much sexuality is a major theme. Um, sex and sexuality is referenced so much in this story. And it's not just like the odd joke and, you know, it's not just there for the laughs. It's not just there as a nod to the adult. It's actually a main part of because ultimately, this episode hinges on an underage and unwed mother and the shame that comes from that. Like, that, that's a big reason as to why the gas mask zombies are, you know, there in that particular form. So it's really fitting that sex and sexuality are the thread that goes through this whole story. Um, and on the other end of the end of the spectrum, you have Captain Jack being a sort of major part of that theme in someone that's extremely comfortable in his queerness and the amount that he flirts with people. Um, so you have this sort of like, yeah, this contrast between Captain Jack and his sort of 51st century at attitude and Nancy and her experiences as a as a woman in in the nineteen thirties and nineteen forties. Um, the theme is, it is. I mean, obviously, this is a kids show, um. So the theme is obviously still an undertone, but it really does add color and context to the story. Um, it's not just uh, not not just gratuitous and not just there for the laughs. Um. And a big part of how sexuality is a, is a theme in the, in the story is the Dr. Dance's metaphor. Now, going into this story, I was kind of thinking, oh, I really want to talk about this metaphor. And I was thinking about it from an asexual point of view. Um, having now rewatched it, I'm pretty sure me thinking of um, the 
dancing and the doctor uh, you know be saying that it that he doesn't necessarily dance um that that was me either projecting or misremembering um and the key quote that sort of made everything clock um click into place for this uh for this metaphor was um the doctor saying to rose you just assume i don't dance so to me the metaphor of of you know does the doctor dance or does he not it's more about other people's particularly Rose's perception of the Doctor, them being any sort of um, asexuality metaphor, which is what I had in my mind that, that it, it was. Because um, what it is, is, to me, it seems that Rose at the moment has the Doctor filed under, this is not someone to crush on, or potentially this is maybe someone I'm starting to get a crush on, but is not actually attainable. Um, and that really explains why she flirts so much with Jack, like to the point of not paying attention to the plot exposition, which I find absolutely hilarious. Um, but the point is that Jack is attainable and he's also actively interested. Um, so this scene when Rose and the Doctor are waiting for Jack to rescue them and they're talking about dancing... Uh, to me, this reads as being where she realises that the Doctor maybe could be someone to have a crush on, maybe could be someone who's attainable, which obviously, knowing what we know about how Rose and the Doctor's story kind of progresses, m- makes a lot of sense to me. Because um, I've, I've kind of, with the benefit of now having watched this episode and with the benefit of, of hindsight for the other episodes I've rewatched, like... She hasn't really tried to flirt with the Doctor yet. Um, and she, you know, actively, anytime anyone has said, oh, yeah, the Doctor's your boyfriend, she's gone, really not. Like, why Why do people keep thinking we're, we're a couple? Um, and that, to me, came across as genuine. It didn't come across as, as oh, my God, that's so embarrassing that someone can see my crush on him. It, it it came across as a genuine, like, why would you think we're a couple? But this is where it sort of starts to shift, was, um, was the impression I got. But, of course, the Doctor's still oblivious because he instantly looks at her hands and starts thinking about the nanogene. Um, and, and that's possibly the part that had that made me think this was a sort of um asexuality metaphor um but yeah it's uh it it, it, it's a really good metaphor um it works obviously like just in this episode but um yeah I've, I've, I've always thought it was a really good metaphor um, I could probably dive deeper into it, but um, I'm not in the mood to dissect it any further than than I have here. Um, so let's talk about Captain Jack as a character. So given that I've talked a lot about the companion journey and, you know, trying to fit some of the other characters that we've met into that kind of, you know, how are they the as a potential companion. I'll try to figure out where Jack fits into this. And the answer I came up with is that he kind of does. 
And really, that's what makes him kind of refreshing. Um, the point that jumped out to me is that he set up as a contrast to the Doctor. And that's both in terms of the whole dancing metaphor, but it's also he's got a much more professional approach to space and time travel, um, which is highlighted directly because this whole story starts off with Rose going, why can't you just for once do a scan for alien tech? Why, why do we have to, you know, go and ask people? Why can't we use, you know, some of the technology you have in the TARDIS? Um, and then we get Jack um, being the person who actually does think to use technology and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and he's also less uh, pacifist, which is a theme that we'll see a lot more in, in, in future episodes. Um, it, I mean, we, we already know that the Doctor the pacifist, because we see that back, way back in episode one, with um, him wanting to give the nesting consciousness a chance. But... Yeah, it it felt more um overt here with the whole argument over over the gun. Um, the other thing that's interesting is he's kind of Captain Jack is a blend of the companion and the Doctor role in some ways, and and I think that's mainly because he knows what he's doing. He's like after you know the companions have had half a series, a series or so, they start to know what to do and they, um, you know, can take a bit more initiative and all that and Jack is doing that right from the off. Um, but he also... And, and he's also not from, like, our time, which I think adds to the sort of sense in which he fulfils that sort of doctor role in that we don't entirely know what his background is. We don't you know, we can't picture his everyday life because we don't know, we don't know, you know, the state of the world in, in, in the 51st century. I should caveat everything I've said about Captain Jack because I find it really difficult to consider Jack purely in the context of this story. Um, I think there's so much to come later in his story with his immortality and then in Torchwood and um, so it's really hard to just think of him as you know this is his first episode meeting the Doctor this is the thing that sparks off everything we'll see it's, it's sort of hard to view that independently um, and I don't know because it's not necessarily difficult to do the same with 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 Rose, like, I, I, I think I was able to consider her first few episodes sort of on, the, on their own without thinking too heavily about what's to come. So I don't know why Jack's different. I, I don't know why, um, whether it's the fact that a lot of his story happens outside of Doctor Who, so it's a whole other series, or, um, I mean, part of the stuff in... Torchwood is um, both him using what he's learned from the Doctor so seeing him as a con man here is such a kind of contrast and it's hard to remember that like he hasn't he, he hasn't gained that 
those morality lessons from the doctor yet um and also in torchwood he's so much a leader um and obviously here he's not the leader uh because the doctor's the main character um yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not sure why it is that it's uh tricky to consider him just in this story um he is like he he is quite an important character to me like um in some ways in 2008 2009 I was more into Torchwood than I was in Doctor Who in some ways um but yeah hmm he's also um he's also he was the first queer character I saw on TV I'm pretty sure um I can't think of anyone that would have predated Captain Jack in 2005 and that and reading like John Barrowman's autobiographies and stuff like those all had a massive impact on me so maybe so maybe it's that maybe it's my sort of personal connection to Captain Jack that makes it tricky for this him in this episode to stand on its own so yeah that that's a caveat on what I've uh, on what I've said about about Jack um one final thing that I want to say about Captain Jack is that the whole the time agency stole two years of my memory criminally underused plot point like that could have been so interesting um and we just it's vaguely referenced in the future I I think they make a few references to it in Torchwood but it's such an interesting idea and it just does not get used um, which is a real shame so coincidence cause catalyst is the story and the monsters are they there independent of the doctor because of the doctor or do they accelerate their plan because of him um, this one I've rated it as a coincidence, but again, there's a bunch of caveats on that, and that it's almost a subcategory of of the coincidence uh, um type of story, because obviously the gas mask zombies are triggered by Jack's trap for the Doctor and Rose. It 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 is, um, it is outside influence. The the you know there wasn't any more anything plotting already in the blitz and they just happened to land there but the thing that still makes me lean towards coincidence is that jack was going to run that scam anyway um the only reason the doctor and rose are involved is because their ship happened to be the one that jack saw first um so that's why i rank it as a coincidence because the coincidence part is that it was the Doctor and Rose that Jack ran the scam on. Um, that That's the coincidence rather than the... Because the gas mask zombie thing is completely unintentioned. Uninten- unintentioned. Um, you know, that wasn't supposed to happen. Thank you very much for listening. Um, 
do get in contact at the email address if you have any commentary, if um, you want to ask any questions. The email is helentalkswho at gmail.com. Um, next time I'll be talking about Boomtown, um, Return of the Slovene, a nice little bottle episode in the first time we see Cardiff as Cardiff. So, uh, yeah. See ya.